This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs> And we are off. It is the Friday morning good time edition of the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. We are fired up and ready to go for the next three hours on what is also a football Friday. First, we check out last night's action in the NBA, including an upset in college basketball at 620. Oh, strap in, baby. We're talking football. Texans, Ravens. Packers, Niners. During the 7 o'clock hour, we'll look at today's matchups in the association before turning back to football and Sunday's playoff schedule in the NFL. At 8 o'clock, a couple of great guests come your way to get you set for the weekend as well. Alex Gold from 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City will be here, followed by our friend TJ Reeves, the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yes, the Donkster, maybe, will pop in for a chat at 8.45 if we can find him. Chelsea. Yesterday was a Thursday, and you said, I don't have anything to say. That's a Thursday. Come on. But now it's a Friday, so how are you? No, I had something to say. You just took it because I was like, man, it's Thursday, almost Friday. And that was going to be my little (laughs) line. So today I actually had some drama like five minutes before. I spilt my coffee all over myself. It was like old Michael Jenkins. Remember when you used to do that all the time? You used to spill Red Bull all over the desk. I did that today, and so I have strategically placed hair where I have some coffee stains on my shirt. But we forge ahead. (laughs) Well, that's when... I don't know how many people have been with us since the very start, but at the beginning of this show, and I'm at home today, but I usually go in studio now. But at the start of this show, I was in a very small, almost like a closet at our station (laughs) here down the street. So I had no room for anything. So you're right. I was constantly, I would go home probably two times a week after the show and have coffee on myself. That hasn't happened in a while, but it did used to happen on a regular basis. So I understand. Yeah, until you came out of the closet and into the studio. So (laughs) now things, life is much better for you, Jenks, uh, now that you're out of that closet. Uh, But it is a Friday. We are in a good mood. Uh, I did... Here's the other thing. Do you ever have those days where everything's going well? You're like, oh, my God, I'm going to be like 12 minutes early, which for us is like a big deal. And then oh, yeah. I spilled that coffee everywhere. And I was like, God, Chelsea, again, you're going to be, you know, barely scraping in under the gun. So I promise I had good intentions today. I was going to be early and then it just didn't happen. 
<laughs> you still knocked it out. We still got it done. We're here. We're ready for the week. I am so ready for the weekend. Let me tell you, I went out last night. I didn't go out long, but I'm proud of the lovely Catherine because I thought I got to get out of this house. I have not been out except for work home, work home all week. So I went around the corner to have a drink or two. And then Catherine came by. And normally when Catherine settles in, we have drinks, we have a good night. And so I was so impressed. She came in, she drank some water and she's like, okay, I'm going to go do Pilates. I was like, so you came in, you sat here and now you're going to walk down the street and do Pilates. She's like, yep. I'm like, wow, that is impressive, honey. She goes, but it's only a 45 minute class. So I need you to wait until I get back. I was like, okay. That's a tough ask. You mean stay here and have another drink? I guess. I'll try, honey. So she did. She came back, and then she had a glass of wine. We came home. So it was a good night, but I always get tempted on a Thursday just to act like it's a Friday. And instead, came home. I was in bed by 8.30. But for me, Chelsea, 8.30, that's a late night. That's how you know I've I've tied one on. I've had a crazy night. I'm crawling to bed at 8.30 like a real degenerate. It's ridiculous. Well, you just have to be better at peer pressuring. Uh, peer pressuring your friends to day drink and early huh. afternoon drink. Like you have to really put the sales pitch on them and say, listen, True. happy hour is at this time. Why would we not make this the biggest portion of our night? You know, 4 to 6 p.m. Yeah. So you just got to be better at recruiting your friends to drink earlier. That's a good idea. Instead, it was just me. I mean, I know a bunch of people there, but... Yeah, you're right. It's not the same. I need to recruit people to come be a degenerate with me. Speaking of degenerate bets, we love to throw them in on this show. Let's talk what happened last night, beginning with your college basketball plays. Oh, man. Tough night for the plays. Had Troy plus one and a half at South Alabama. They lost by three. Had uh, Austin P minus three and a half versus North Alabama. They won by three. So both L's for me. It felt like a really tough night where the ball just didn't really bounce my way. I'm not going to hang my head, you know, off losing a play by a half point and like two points. So like the plays were fine. It just wasn't my night. And that's how college basketball is. Sometimes you win those plays. Sometimes you lose them. And this week it's been me losing them. So yeah, I am ready for the weekend as well. Well, I will say this to your point, even when your plays miss, you're missing by the hook. I mean, they're barely missing. So does that make you feel better at all? Or do you say, I don't care. It's still a loss. No, I think you look better if, you know, it's a close play because yeah. the more embarrassing of my losses in the last two weeks was the Browns. Dear God, like that game wasn't even close. Yeah. You know, so I will take a loss by the hook all day over something that is a complete embarrassment and people saying, that's the team you chose. You chose that team to win? Right. Oh, you do this for a living. I said, well, that's sports. Like, oh, okay. All right. So, yes, I will take the hook losses over something like that. Absolutely. I had a couple wins on the ice last night. Hockey has been very, very good to me in the new year. So, let's try to keep it going. Had Stars Flyers under six and a half. And the Flyers went 6-1, so that was a dub. Also had Blackhawks, Sabres under 6.5 as well, and the Sabres went 3-0, a no-sweat under there. As for the Donkster, he got a couple wins last night. I don't believe it. Coyotes 
Canucks under six and a hook. Canucks win two one. And then Capitals money line. My Capitals get the win over the Blues five two. So for the week, Chelsea, you are one and three. I'm four and zero, oh, and the Donkster is four and three. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on a Friday. What else did we see? last night let's start in the nba where the thunder beat the jazz 134 129 the thunder were laying three points so they cover that spread thunder also minus 145 on the money line and the total set at 245 and a hook shea gilgis alexander we didn't know what to expect from him because he's been battling injuries a little bit but he paces the thunder with 31 Jalen Williams scores 11 of his 27 points in the fourth quarter. He now has at least 25 points in his last three games, and the Thunder in the Jazz's winning streak at six. And I think we like the Thunder in this game, but it was it was also tough because the Jazz and the Thunder, I believe, are the top two covering teams in the league, at least in this spot. Yeah, I don't think I like the Thunder in the spot. Uh, the Thunder are certainly not playing at 100%. So I think this was a really gutsy win because looking at the trends, the Jazz are not a good team, but they're a tough team to beat at home and a great mm-hmm. team covering when it comes to playing uh, in Utah. So I thought the other side was the correct side. And I think this shows a lot of resiliency from Oklahoma City. In fact, their coach was talking about it after the game. He said, we're not feeling 100% and yet really competed for 48 minutes together on both ends against the hottest team in the league coming in. That's a compliment to the Jazz. We probably didn't have a fastball physically, but we had our fastball mentality, or mentally, excuse me, and competitively. I think this is the sign of good things to come for Oklahoma City because Mm -hmm. we have talked about this. The postseason is like its own little mini season to where it's a grind. It's not just a few games. You're playing these long, drawn-out series, and then you're doing it over again, and then you're doing it over again, and then you go to the NBA Finals. So you need a team with toughness. So I like what I'm seeing from Oklahoma City. Yes, a regular season win in the middle of January against the Utah Jazz may not look Mm -hmm. like much on paper, but I think the fact that we've seen SGA really banged up these last few games, the fact that we got this type of performance from him – I think it speaks volumes about the toughness of this team. Yeah, and it's interesting to see the Thunder's plan finally come together because Sam Presti is a guy who was building draft picks, building draft picks, trading away stars and saying, what we're going to do is we're sort of going to start fresh and begin anew here. And now we're seeing it happen where they have a true bona fide MVP candidate in SGA. Chet Holmgren is healthy. He's playing well. Josh Giddy is coming live. He's starting to play better basketball. And these are young guys. So they're mm-hmm. only going to get better down the stretch. If you talk about a high ceiling, the Thunder is that team. And speaking of OKC, I know this has sort of been a story throughout the NBA season, but police in California have been looking into allegations of Josh Giddy and having an appropriate or inappropriate relationship with a minor. Those charges now dropped. They found no corroborating evidence. So that case has been closed. And if that was a distraction for the Thunder, even that has been put to bed as well let's go to sacramento where the pacers beat the kings 126 121 the pacers getting eight points pacers plus 270 on the money line total set at 244 and a hook the reason why this line was so large is because tyrese halliburton did not play misses his fifth straight game for indiana because of a strained hamstring so it has been a matherin picking up the slack with 25 points leading seven players 
on that Pacers roster in double figures. TJ McConnell with 20, hands out 10 assists. And even without Pascal Siakam, who didn't play either, the Pacers win for the 11th time in 13 games, Chelsea. Right. It seems like they're back because there was a little stretch where they were kind of struggling. And I think a lot of that had to do with Tyrese Halliburton being out. But again, this is a great test for the postseason when you need to test your depth because these guys, the other guys on the team, need to learn to carry the load. If for some reason we're not going to see, uh, you know, their star player carrying the load down the stretch when it's the third quarter, when they need a breather in some of these like game fours and games five. So I think this is a great sign for the Pacers. I'm not going to take too much away from it because we are talking about yeah. one regular season game, but a good road team or a good road win for a team that didn't have that many wins on the road. They moved to just 11 and nine away from Indiana. So a gutsy win for the Pacers as well. Yeah. Very nice job. Kevin Herter paces the Kings with 31, goes 7 of 12 from long range. DeMontis Sabonis racks up his third triple-double in three games, 21 points, 11 boards, and 10 assists, but Sacramento losing for the fourth straight time. How about we go to the top 25 in college basketball? I believe only three games in the top 25 last night, but we did get a big upset. South Florida Edges number 10, Memphis, 74-73. South Florida getting nine and a half points. South Florida plus 430 on the money line at BetMGM. Your total set at 157 and the under hits. Listen to this. The Bulls down 52-32 early in the second half. Down 20 points. They come all the way back before Kashawn Fryer makes one of two free throws with just four seconds to play in this game, Selton Miguel comes off the bench, drops 23 points, goes 5 of 10 from long range, and the Bulls have won 8 of 9 while ending Memphis's 10-game winning streak. The Tigers inching into the top 10 this week. They had not lost a game since back on December 2nd at Ole Miss. So this was one of those upsets that sort of came out of nowhere. This wasn't the team that Texas was mad at, was it? Was that Central no. Florida? That's UCF. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who was who was mad at who, but how much do you make of these upsets in college basketball? I tend to think this time of year when we are inching towards conference tournaments, it's not a great thing. But still, mm-hmm. in a sport where there's a lot of volatility, if you have a poor shooting night, if something happens, I feel like any team, well, not any team, but some teams are certainly vulnerable to some of these upsets. So do you take this as something where, okay, Memphis – Get your you-know-what together. They were supposed to win this this game by 12 points. They lost outright. You know, I would say that, yeah, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a bad loss, technically, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to win this game, and also you're playing at home. However, if you haven't lost in a month and a half, losses do happen. No matter how good you are, it's just difficult to go through an entire college basketball season undefeated hardly anyone ever does that so again memphis had 110 straight so and also you lost by a point and you were leading by 20 points in the second half so i think it's you say to yourself all right how do we give away this lead did we get relaxed were we not shooting well did we think we had it in the bag what can we learn from this but overall i would say that when you've had the streak that memphis has had i wouldn't worry too much about this yeah, Memphis is having a good little season. Only their third yeah. loss of the the year, losses to Villanova, 
Ole Miss and now South Florida. That one doesn't look quite as good. Uh, but you're right. When you go on these stretches, it's really hard to remain undefeated. But isn't that the goal in March? So maybe something to think about uh, for Memphis and the boys. No, that's true. You learn from this and then you put it together and try to make that tournament run. Coming up next here on the show, Double D says that Lamar Jackson will fold like a chair on Saturday. Is he right or is he spending too much time on the booze train? Double D. We'll debate. That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on a Friday. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up, a battle between the potential rookie of the year and the potential MVP, Texans, Ravens, and a hot take from Double T. We're going to get him in here. You know what I I love about this matchup? I read this story yesterday, and I think it's so funny when NFL coaches decide that they'll, they'll engage in a little gamesmanship. And so Mark Andrews, tied in for the Ravens, has not played in weeks, but it looks like he could go this weekend. So I was reading an article yesterday, Chelsea, on I think it was just ESPN, and John Harbaugh was saying, "Well, we don't know if Mark's going to go this weekend. We're, we're we're just not sure. We'll see if he's healthy enough." And in the same paragraph, it said Andrews was a full participant in practice on Thursday and made a leaping grab that impressed his teammates. I'm like, then he's playing. He's a full participant in practice. You're like, ah, we'll see. We'll see. If he's practicing in full and it's a playoff game, I would guess maybe he's playing. And I feel like this is just a coach trying to gain any sort of edge as ridiculous as it may seem. Well, wouldn't you try to do that? Say, I don't know. Maybe he's just practicing for next year. I don't know. Because why would you give out free information that you don't have to give? Um, so I guess I get what he's doing, but one would think that the other side that is scouting the Ravens would see mm-hmm. these same very headlines that we are seeing and say, hmm, maybe we should think of how to stop Mark Andrews because it looks like the guy is feeling pretty healthy. So, yes, I think this is a a poor attempt at trying to, you know, withhold some information. Yeah, I think you're right. It's funny how that works. This time of year, you know, just the, the the slightest thing when it's so obvious when someone practices in full and you're like, well, and they asked him, he's like, yo, if I'm healthy enough, Mark Andrews was like, if I'm healthy enough, you know, I'll be out there. I'm like, you're practicing. You're going to play. I love the NFL playoffs. I can't wait for this weekend. Now, we do have the Texans and Ravens coming up. We're going to get to that in a second. But I mentioned Double D. 
He said yesterday Lamar's going to fold like a chair. But now, now, apparently you have some insider information on what's going to go down in Chicago because we're all wondering, what are they going to do with that pick? Are they going to keep Justin Fields or are they going to deal him and go with Caleb Williams? We're hearing about Cliff Kingsbury. Double D, give us the scoop here. Well, it just makes sense. So they interviewed Cliff yeah. Kingsbury yesterday. I'm telling you right now, if they hire Cliff Kingsbury as their OC moving forward, they're moving on from Justin Fields and they will draft Caleb Williams more than likely at number one in the draft. Uh, they've had, I, I, I believe, at least two teams reach out about what it would take to trade for Justin Fields. And I do know that Atlanta is one of those teams. But yeah, if if they hire Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator, it it is a no doubt they're moving on from Justin because Cliff Kingsbury was Caleb Williams' uh, quarterbacks coach at USC last year. So it would only make sense if you're bringing in Caleb Williams to have somebody that he's comfortable with and knows. They should bring in his mom. I think it... His mom, God. (laughs) That took a turn, huh? I think it definitely makes sense. Like, it's definitely logical. But, like, let's look at the other side. When Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach, which is a different position, of the Mm -hmm. Cardinals, and, you know, he ran his system with Kyler Murray, didn't work out. You know, he is no longer the coach there, and things went sideways quick. So if you're the Bears, do you say, okay, let's take more of that situation? I don't know. And he's also not the head coach. Like, how much say does an offensive coordinator have? I get that, like, the 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 hiring would be correlated to, okay, we want this quarterback. Let's bring in Cliff Kingsbury. But wouldn't you think that other people have some kind of say in, you know, who they draft as their quarterback? Oh, this, this offensive coordinator hire is strictly management. The coach might – Iberflus might have a little bit to say – but not a whole heck of a lot after the disaster uh, of his coaching hires previously. I mean, you had one quit in the middle of the year. Uh, Getze just didn't look like he was comfortable with that offense or with Justin being his quarterback. He tried to turn Justin into Aaron Rodgers, which then you're not playing into what Justin Fields does best. So I think the upper management polls and Warner are are the ones that are are making this decision more than Eberflus is and it might come along with a hey Eberflus take care of the defense oversee things but let this offensive coordinator do what he does best and run the offense the way he wants to run the offense and be kind of hands off with it is going to is kind of what I'm seeing right now all right. Here's why I feel like I don't have much of a take on hiring and coaching and what the GM or whatever the front office does, because I don't have a personal relationship with any of these people in the front offices. And a lot of times it is opinion based moves. So even if somebody looks like the best fit for a job does not mean that front office is going to make that move. It's simply one person's opinion. So do you get what I'm saying? I feel like unless you have a really close relationship, with you know mm-hmm. some of these people in the front office, it's hard to predict their line of thinking. Oh yeah, I think I think that's right. 
And I, and I also think, does this, I don't want to say it, it reeks of desperation and it makes a lot of sense, but I'm saying if you're Matt Eberflus and you let go of your entire offensive staff, right? If you're going to make this work, you got to make this work. Like now is the time because you're probably on a very short leash. So if Caleb Williams is the guy, I don't want to say it's a comfort hire bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. It, it almost seems too obvious. Do you know what I mean? They've worked together. Let's make sure that we put Caleb in the in the best position to succeed, which isn't a bad call. It always worries me, though. I, I think I'm worried because the Kingsbury-Kyler Murray experiment didn't really work out like we were talking about, but maybe it works out because Kingsbury is focusing, spe- or focusing specifically on the quarterback. So I'm just trying to talk through this. So maybe Cliff in more of a specialized role will work out as opposed to him trying to oversee everything. Also, we need to remember this hasn't happened yet. So, you know, that's true. There's a chance that it doesn't happen at all. So I guess we'll get to that bridge or cross that bridge when we get to it. You know, so I guess we'll see. All right, we will. Well, what we're going to see tomorrow is some NFL football, and we start 4.30 p.m. M&T Bank Stadium. The Texans are in Baltimore to face the Ravens. The Ravens are laying nine and a half points. Ravens minus 450 on the money line. The Texans are plus 350 in the total set. At 43 and a hook overnight, this spread has moved and has gone from nine to nine and a half. So some money filtering back in on Baltimore, although this spread is sort of fluctuated back and forth and i'm not quite sure still i know it's a friday we got to make some calls here i kind of think i'm still on the ravens i've been leaning ravens all week i think the texans can keep it close but ultimately i think the ravens are the more well-rounded team and maybe this is a good sell high spot on the texans but it's tough because the texans have surprised us each and every week it feels like Yeah, I think it'll be on the points in the Texans. If you think a team has even a chance in hell to win a game outright, wouldn't you take the points with the Texans? Because I do think there is a game plan in which the Texans have a shot of not only keeping this game close, but possibly winning. Maybe not, but still, nine and a half is a ton of points in the NFL. This is the same spread that we had the very first game of the season. However, we saw how that one went, and it did not go nicely for the Texans. I believe they lost that game by like 20 points. But, you know, it's been a full season. C.J. Stroud Mm -hmm. now has a full NFL season under his belt. The defense looks like it's playing much better. Will Anderson has proven to be a really good pick on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm still worried about the Ravens and the rust factor because this has been an issue for the Ravens, historically speaking, when, you know – They have had the time off. I know it's great in the NFL to get healthy, and especially if you have Mark Andrews coming back. But still, you face one of these teams that has no pressure, nothing to lose, coming in on a little bit of a hot streak. They just took down one of the better defenses in the NFL Mm -hmm. in the Cleveland Browns, although that was very disappointing on their part. Uh, But still, it's a team with a lot of momentum, so I'll take the points with the Texans. Plus, you got a passing attack, which means if the back door is open – This is a team that can cover it at the last minute. CJ Stroud, you know, garbage time touchdown at the end because it's a good passing game. So I'll take the points with the Texans. I think I'm going to go Ravens. I'm going to go on the opposite side here. This will not be something I'm going to bet this weekend. We were discussing yesterday how difficult it is to bet on the NFL playoffs. And surprisingly, teams coming off an extra week to prepare in the postseason 
are only covering a little more than 32% of the time, which is something I would not have expected. I would have expected that to be the complete opposite. Regardless, I think in this case, the Ravens are a team. The one thing that is held back, which I think is too strong of a term, but we're talking about the weaknesses when it comes to Baltimore this season. It's really been injury. They've been so banged up. They lost mm-hmm. running back after running back. I think Marlon Humphreys is going to be out this weekend. But if they get Mark Andrews back, and I think he's going to play. You know what I have to say, and this is hard to handicap, I love the disposition of the Ravens. I just absolutely love <laughs> – I, I know it sounds crazy. It sounds like you're I talking love, about a horse. I know. Oh, yeah, well, oh, oh, Betsy, you know, always in a good mood. Sweet oh, she'll dis- take your, disposition. Oh, you know, she's great around children too. You can just, you know, she'll she'll let you pet her mane for hours. I, there's there's something about this dog mentality that they ha- they refuse, and I know all teams do this, but the Ravens have really leaned into the fact that they're underdogs, that no one expects them to win, which is not true, obviously, because they're damn near a double digit favorite this week, but. It was before the game against the Niners, and they were angry. They're like, these guys are favored over us. That's fine. We're we're the underdogs. And then the next week when they were favored, they're like, no, we're the underdogs. We're the underdogs. They've just leaned into this idea that they have something to prove. And you know what? They do have something to prove, and Lamar has something to prove. And I think that's the key here. You heard Double D. I heard this last night when I was talking to some friends about NFL football, and what was the first thing I heard? Oh, Lamar's going to fold. He does this each and every year in the playoffs. I feel like the Ravens know that narrative exists. I know Lamar knows it exists. I feel like they're tired of hearing about it, and they're tired of hearing about the other teams in the NFL that are better than they are because the Ravens are not a sexy team. They're just blue-collar. They're just like Baltimore. And I think that mentality goes a long way. You have to have the right mindset in the NFL playoffs, and I feel like the Ravens are exactly where they need to be. I think it's tough to look at the numbers for Lamar Jackson and say, okay, this is a quarterback I want to trust in the postseason because he hasn't had any good games. He's had one game with a completion percentage over 58%. So the passing Mm -hmm. has not been super swell for Lamar Jackson. Do you think the playoff issues for the Ravens in the past have come because it has been such a run-based offense and a team that looks great when they're ahead – but sometimes it can be an offense that struggles when they're behind. But this year, there has been a stark turn towards the passing game. So do you think things change this year because the offense is a little more balanced? Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly right. And also, you know, when it comes to Lamar and lack of playoff success, he's only 27 years old. Sometimes we have these grandiose expectations for these players who have success early, and it's hard to win in the – in the NFL postseason. Ask the Cowboys about that. Dr. Dak Prescott about that. So I, I know the Ravens aren't just Lamar Jackson, but I do think, to your point, the way that their offense has adjusted, that they're more balanced, it has made Lamar a better player. It has made that team better. And now they're a more dangerous squad because of it. So I think you're right. I think that shift has been huge for them. I do think all of these points can be true and the Texans can still cover. Like, because that's the thing. Lamar Jackson can buck this narrative that he's terrible in playoff games. Mm -hmm. The Ravens can beat this great team, but yet the Texans can still still cover in this game because, you know, I mentioned the passing offense. I think the back door could be open 
So maybe we'll all be right, or maybe we'll see a Ravens blowout. Who knows? Like we saw the first game of the season when these two previously met up, but we'll see. I'm grabbing my popcorn. Oh, is this going to be an official bet? I'm just throwing you just no. a early tease. No. Nah. nah. I, was, I was trying <laughs> to get it in there. I don't know. It's a tough one. I'm telling you, I might even stick with hockey for the week, which I feel bad. I got to bet on some sort of football game. Come out in five minutes. I'm going to read this like I just started in broadcasting. Everyone is showing Jordan love, but is Brock more hurty? Oh, <laughs> That's no. next on the Daily oh. Tip from BetQL presented by Betim Jim. I'm never going to do that again. Come on, back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up, the 49ers' quest to win it all begins as Super Bowl favorites. I don't know where to work in this story, but I saw it yesterday and I had to do a triple take. So you are familiar with Richard Simmons, correct, Chelsea? The mm-hmm. fitness guru. So he was huge. Correct. A massive inspiration. We all remember sweating to the oldies if you grew up in the 80s. But Richard Simmons was everywhere. He had a morning show before that, an exercise show. And then he just disappeared. And I mean disappeared. I listened to a podcast, and I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but it was called Finding Richard Simmons or Seeking Richard Simmons. It's a few years ago. And he one day went from, I'm everywhere I have this studio out in California, I think in LA, where people can come, you can work out with me, and then gone, just gone, just disappeared. And it was like, what happened to this guy? He has kind of a caretaker. Is he being held hostage, like mentally, or is something going on? Like, what's going on? Why did he just disappear and won't communicate with anyone? So it's sort of fascinating. However, there is a there is a a short film coming out about Richard Simmons. And guess who is playing Richard Simmons? You will never guess who is playing Richard Simmons in this short film. Holly Shore. Oh. Holly, yes. It's crazy. Absolutely correct. Holly Shore. And so I read this, I was like, wait, what? So it's a short film. And now Richard Simmons, through a spokesperson, has come out and said, and he never says anything, A, I'm fine. I'm just doing my own thing. But also, I didn't authorize this. So this is coming out. It's fine. But I am not on board with this story coming out and Polly Shore playing me. So what did it take? For Richard Simmons to come out of hiding, or at least his representatives to say something, uh, I don't want Polly Shore playing me in a movie. And you know what? I gotta get it. 
But I'm looking at the pictures, I think. He doesn't look that far off. Like, who would you have cast in this role? Like, I don't know. Like, I know Richard Simmons, but I feel like I don't know his aura. Like, maybe if you're... Yeah. Because I thought I did. And then you said Polly Shore. I was like, oh, that seems about correct. Like, I didn't think Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Like... Well, I just... As... When I think of Polly Shore, like, I think most people... They think of MTV and Polly Shore going, hey, buddy, you know, and him just being like a total California laid back dude. And he's not known for his acting chops at all. Like, what has Polly Shore ever done, ever acting wise, where you thought, wow, this guy's a great actor? The Weasel. But you got to give him a, right. a chance, right? How many characters and actors have been pigeonholed into, you know, this type of role or like something where it's like, okay, they have one archetype that they can play really well. That's true. And then they'll play a role and you say, wow, I didn't know they had it in them. But you got to give them at least a chance. And it doesn't sound like this is like the the biggest box office smash hit. Like, I don't know no. if this is just for Netflix. So, I mean, maybe this was their choices. They couldn't get the A-list people, so... I've yeah. heard of Polly Shore. I don't know, like, if he's A-list, if he's B-list now, but, like, you've heard of him. Mm. So maybe we wait and see what it sounds like. But I think it is B-list. unfair of us to think that we deserve to hear from everybody. Don't you think at mm-hmm. some point celebrities deserve to live in their peace and not respond to oh, people? Yeah. Like, I don't know if maybe yeah. he's not responding to, like, his close friends, and maybe that's mm. where there was some, like, concern. But still... Yeah. We want everything from celebrities. And in this day and age, we want even more because we need to see their social media. We need to see their live story. We need to see their TikToks. We need to see everything. So at some point in their life, they're probably tired of it. Like I know Richard Simmons didn't live in the social media age, but he was such a superstar that I'm sure he was tired of giving everything of himself to everybody else. I think you hit the nail on the head. And that was sort of the takeaway from the podcast, which was, He's okay, but this is someone who has spent his entire life helping others. And and really, if you listen to people who have been influenced by Richard Simmons, he's saved some people's lives because they were dying or they were on a path where they were gaining too much weight, they were getting sick, and his friendship, like he would keep in contact with people, just regular people who were inspired by him to make sure they were doing okay. And so... He was so concerned with everyone else for decades that I think he finally got to the point where he said, like, like you mentioned, I'm tired and I, I need some time. I've done this my entire life. I've had a, a tremendous impact, a wonderful impact, but now I need to step away and just kind of be with myself because I've been there for everyone else for the entirety of my career. And that's why he's just kind of gone into his shell and, and you're right. And ultimately while as long as he's okay, celebrities don't really owe us anything. You know what we owe the people, Chelsea? We owe the people some winners in the NFL. So let's get to it. NFL Saturday continues tomorrow night at Levi's Stadium. It is the evening game. Packers at the Niners. Niners laying nine and a half. 49ers minus 450. Packers plus 350. Total set at 50 and a half. What is the play? I think if you ever lay double digits with somebody, it's probably going to be the Niners. Like looking at the spread, nine and a half points is certainly a lot in the postseason. But if there's one team that deserves it, 
it's San Francisco in this spot. Not only do they have the rest advantage, what's Green Bay playing on? Five days to prepare for the best team in the NFL? It just seems like that's why the number is where it is. And especially for the Niners, where health has been a concern. The only time that they have not looked like an absolute wagon and super dominant is when they've had the injuries, especially with Trent Williams on the offensive line, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, you name it. When they don't have their star players, obviously they're not going to be quite as dominant. So in this spot, I really like them. Also, I think the success of the Packers depends largely on if they can establish the run game. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not just Jordan Love who's been really good during these stretch, uh, this stretch where the Packers have been winning games. It's also been Aaron Jones in the run game. And when you have a run game that is efficient, it takes a ton of pressure off a young quarterback. So you go against the 49ers, which is a totally different run defense than the, the Cowboys that we saw last week. If you look at the 49ers, they're giving up the second fewest rushing yards to opposing running backs of any team in the NFL. So I think it's going to be a little tougher on not only the run game, but Jordan Love when he is asked to carry the load of this offense. So if I had to pick a side, it would be Niners minus nine and a half. Don't love the number. It's probably not going to be an Mm -hmm. official play for me. But still, if you can ever make a justification for a big favorite, I think this is the case. Yeah, you're right. I... I keep going back and forth on this game, but I was thinking about it last night, and I think I'm going to go with the Packers here, which I can't believe I'm saying, because if you had asked me a week ago, even after beating Dallas, I would have said Niners, Niners, Niners. But the more I think about it, the more I just think this is a spot where Jordan Love can absolutely keep this game a little too close for comfort for San Francisco. He has been remarkable since week 11. I believe he has thrown 21 touchdowns and one interception. And it's crazy to think about because, again, midseason, the Packers would not commit to Jordan Love. And they said, we don't know. We'll see how he plays for the rest of the year. I don't know if it's coincidence. I don't know if that lit a fire under him. It was probably just getting more football and playing more football. But he has been a franchise quarterback, and I don't think we've sort of caught on to the fact that he's been really, really good. And also, if you look at San Francisco's defense, it's not near. If you look at the underlying metrics, it's not as good, I think, as we tend to think it is. It, it look, San Francisco is arguably the best team in the NFL. There's no question. But if you're talking about nine and a half points in the playoffs against a Packers team playing its best football of the season against a Niners defense that I think might be a smidge overrated. I kind of like the Packers and the points here. Oh, saying the Niners defense is overrated. I don't know about that. Like, I think if you can, if you can make a case for taking the points just because it's the postseason, And I do Mm -hmm. think that each team is trying to survive in advance, but come on the Niners defense overrated. I think they have the best linebacker core in the NFL. Like Fred Warner Mm -hmm. was a unanimous choice for all pro on the defense. Right. They have a good defense. Oh, well, there's a difference between saying they're not a good defense and they're a smidge overrated. They're an exceptional defense, but I think you're going to be able to move the ball on the Niners. I mean, the total is set at 50 and a half, which tells you 
We're expecting a lot of points in this game. So, yeah, I guess the Packers could get blown out here. But with a total that high, doesn't that tell you that we're expecting a lot of points? And I think we're going to see a lot of points from the Packers. So I would expect if, if the Niners defense is – look, the Niners defense is exceptional. But I'm saying we're acting like you can't move the football on the Niners. I think you can, which is why we're seeing 50 and a half here. And I think if there's a team that can do it, it's a Packers team playing its best football and a quarterback that has played lights out, absolutely lights out. And also I keep going back to that statistic that we mentioned yesterday, that teams coming off a bye are only covering 32% of the time in the playoffs. I think it's great Bay. Right. I think there's a case to cover, but again, I'm going to go against you on that Niners defense. The team total for the Niners is 30. So I think that's why we're seeing a high total because you've got to remember the Niners have a really good offense as well. So uh, I wouldn't go, you know, I'm not going harshly against you on the nine and a half. I just, I do think it's a really good defense and I think they are deserving of all the credit that they're getting one play. I think I'm going to go Aaron Jones under his rushing prop 64 and a half banking on the Niners run defense. So that's it for me. I'm interested to see. Going to be a great game regardless. Coming up next here on the show, what we like and what we don't on today's schedule in the NBA, including which player is the most hated in the league. That's next on the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Stay right there. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.